You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I'm your host, Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. If you want additional content from me and my squad, or you just want to support the show and Flawless Noises Media Network, subscribe to the Flawless Noises Patreon. It's patreon.com slash flawless noises. Or you can buy some merch. Gay Side Story shirts are available. So go to flawlessnoises.com slash store and pick something up. And now let's start the show. All right, guys. So I'm here with a very special guest. I have David Michael on the pod with me. How are you? What's up? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. So let's just slide right on into our first segment, and that is the Queer Query. Question. few questions to answer so that my listeners can hear a little bit more about you and see how your mind works with just some random questions. So first question. <laughs> As someone that's relatively newly diagnosed with HIV, I would say, what, in the past three years, is it? Yeah, so I was actually diagnosed with uh, HIV last August 2018. Okay, okay. So someone being newly diagnosed, what are some of the things that you've learned since? I learned a lot. Um, I think some general things that most people would want to know about is um, just some factual things about HIV in general. So some of the things I learned, um, first of all, I knew nothing about HIV prior to me being diagnosed. I didn't know anyone living with HIV. So um, I learned a lot about the treatment. I learned about um, preventative treatment. I learned about, um, you know, medications that people can take after being diagnosed i learned a lot about um how it really does affect uh the world and particularly the black community okay next question what have you had to unlearn since your diagnosis (laughs) um one thing that i had to unlearn I had to unlearn how to allow my emotions to uh, decide for me how how I'm going to feel or what I'm going to do. I actually had to unlearn how to um, hate because I felt a lot of emotions. I felt betrayal and I had to learn how to forgive. So I, I had to learn more. I had to unlearn more emotional and psychological um associations with after being diagnosed it was something that you it's a continuous thing that i had to deal with personally now i know everyone is different yeah um but me personally i had to unlearn how to treat myself in a way that i never did before so i had to give myself time to learn how to you know adjust who i am by by letting go of the things that you have no control over Okay, so since we talked about what you have learned, how do you think the world can become better educated about HIV? 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. There's definitely a lot of uh, research out there to to find for people who do want to learn about HIV. Um, there's there's uh, a lot of websites you can go to, but I will say for myself, um, it's kind of emotional talking about it because it's just a lot that I have to deal with, but mm-hmm. I, I would say definitely learn how to address it for myself i felt more comfortable talking about it than other people so just by me talking about it and being open about it a lot of people were able to learn how it affects us emotionally as well as how we deal with it on a medical level um yeah i think if people created a conversation that was approachable it would be less of a fearful thing to get into. Um, it's something that's super common, unfortunately, and it's something that um, we should be able to, to talk about um, in our communities, in all lifestyles or sexualities and ethnicities. It's just something that shouldn't be um, a taboo sort of topic. So I think that's the number one way to share the information people need to know is just by having an open conversation about it and with no judgment that would then remove a lot of the stigmas associated with it. I agree with you there. So last question to kind of wrap this up and I really do appreciate you wanting to be open about this and have this discussion. Like I said, to start this, show off with you because i know that you have really taken off as far as educating people and activism when it comes to just how hiv is perceived and whatnot so the last question is this what's your response to people who maintain that they wouldn't date or have sex with someone hiv positive (coughs) Yeah, so um, that I, I know is very common. I know for myself, because I didn't have the proper education and knowledge on it before, I probably had a similar um, you know, idea about that as well. So I would say for anyone who f- might feel skeptical about dating someone with HIV, obviously um, they have, they, they, I respect their opinion. It's, it's okay to feel that way. I think once people are more aware and more educated as far as um, how many people actually are living with HIV and how people who are living with HIV um, do go about being in relationships, not everyone that's HIV positive is in a relationship with someone else that's HIV positive. A lot of people are um, both positive and negative in in a family. and with the treatment, I would want them to know that there are there are treatments that um, can allow people to have, um, you know, a re- regular, normal relationship and including a sexual relationship that um, where you, you cannot contract the virus if that's your number one concern. But I would definitely say for anyone that's um, skeptical about dating someone with HIV, I would I would encourage them to figure out what exactly it is about that person that that would keep you back from holding 
or about the uh, the whole idea that keeps you back from wanting a relationship. Because sometimes it's not even just the fact that someone's HIV positive. I mean, people don't necessarily break up because someone is HIV positive. Sometimes, again, it's just the negative associations with it or people might not be confident enough to um, openly accept someone. And there's a lot of, you know, self insecurities that people might have or just lack of information and knowledge. So I, I don't judge anyone that would feel, oh, I wouldn't date him because he has HIV. I would just encourage them, you know, learn about it and you you would be surprised how, how it's not that big of a, of a um, it shouldn't be that much of a concern as it is, I would say, in my opinion. Yeah, I would definitely say just from the opposite side of that, I think that there is a lot of soul searching but i also think it just depends on why and whether the answer is steeped in something that actually kind of makes sense or maybe there's an experience there's something there that's an actual block and versus it being something superficial right i like the way you put that and yes, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Not to diminish anybody's feelings in that matter, but I think we can be honest. Because even if your answer is, no, I don't want to do it because of insert superficial reason, I don't want to have to deal with it or whatever your reasoning be. Your reasoning is your reasoning. It's valid enough. You know, just have to be honest about it. You know, I think when it becomes an issue is when you want to have a more superficial reasoning but try to bury it in something that is a little bit deeper. And then it it just comes across as very fake and whatnot. But I definitely feel like their education or lack thereof can play a role. But sometimes I've seen situations where someone becoming educated on it is actually what led to them feeling that way about not wanting to date someone who was diagnosed with HIV. So, I really think it boils down to the reasoning and if you can get behind the truth of what it is that they're saying when they answer that question. Yeah, definitely. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of people can't identify or depict the reason that they believe the things they believe because, again, it's not really talked about as enough for people to even form an opinion. So as as much as they would if they knew more about it but I, I agree with you too it just depends on it's a case-by-case situation unfortunately and i think unless um, a greater amount of people decide to come forward and speak truth about it we can get a better understanding of for those who don't have an opinion they can get a better understanding of how they want to go about it so yeah well, like I said, I appreciate you having this conversation. I know it was brief, but I didn't want it to be a whole episode right. about this. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I feel like sometimes we get to this point where something like this can kind of become your your brand and what people know you for. And then they have a hard time accepting when you try to do or say anything else. So I think it's important because if anyone looks at your social media, your, your Instagram or whatnot, they can tell what it is that you're about. So 
you know, I always like to try to give people these opportunities so that we can see what else are you about? How else do you feel? What makes you <laughs> laugh? You know, what concerns you? We know that you are very strong and active in what you do as far as educating and whatnot about the disease. But I want to let's 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 shake it up. Let's talk about something different. So for sure with that being said that's gonna slide us right on into the main topic which is a very interesting one because i saw this article and it's a very brief sort of write-up but the headline really caught my eye and the headline was queer men of color are choosing to isolate themselves from mainstream gay culture in fear of experiencing discrimination new study finds so this was in the gay times which i believe is a uk publication or online publication and like i said that headline really grabbed me because i was like huh i wonder if there's some validity in in this are gay men of color queer men of color really holding themselves back from whatever mainstream gay culture is however that's defined which based on the rest of the sentence and maybe that's where we can start with this discussion because to me the way this reads is that mainstream gay culture is white gay culture and that's why queer men are isolating themselves because it's not saying why would we isolate ourselves from mainstream culture for fearing discrimination right you know what i mean if it wasn't because mainstream culture does not accurately include and represent us for sure so i think already we're kind of skewed to begin the conversation because we have to do so with the assumption that white i mean that yeah that white gay culture is synonymous with mainstream gay culture at least that's how it reads to me definitely i mean unfortunately the majority of people who would read that headline they would accept it for what what they see. I have a huge bias against this entire um, presentation because I don't think they should use the word fear at all. First of all, um, I I agree with you. Um, We don't feel like we have to isolate ourselves because another part we have to consider is black people in general are underrepresented, you know? So that's something else we have to consider. Um, But I think there's a lot of reasons why that that would be that you know observation would be made um i just don't like the word fear i don't feel like they should even introduce that into to our community as a black gay male we don't we don't have to add any more fear we deal with enough stuff we're not fearful of things as they they try to portray it to be right because it's almost kind of like there's there's something wrong with trying to protect yourself from experiencing discrimination it's right. Like, I mean, it's it's not a fear; it's a right. Like we have a right to not be exactly discriminated like, against or have to face it. Exactly. It's not like our, the goal of life is to be accepted by, you know, we are very comfortable with our own, and this is just 
in general because i mean i'm from california i'm from northern california the bay area you're from the south it's a completely different vibe within the black gay community but overall we do have a sense of pride in our own community although um it is overlooked and there's a lot of negative um representation of social media i think i mean there's a there's a huge community of black gay men who who support one another and who um we don't care about what the tv the media wants us to see wants uh to see from us now everyone's not fabulous everyone is not gorgeous everyone is not you know does not have money and that's how the the white gay or mainstream media gay culture is represented but in our community we just want to be looked at like everybody else yeah absolutely absolutely so we move on from that and the first line of the article says the report outlined that black asian and ethnic minority aka b-a-m-e Gay men are five times more likely to experience discrimination within the LGBT community than that of their white counterparts, which I think is an interesting way to start this beyond the title because I'm trying to figure out in what settings are our white counterparts likely to experience discrimination at a big enough level that it would that it would it would be represented the way it is for us as ethnic minorities black asian etc you, you get what i'm saying like it's correct it's there's kinda, no comparison right like i'm trying to figure out where's the comparison drawing from because what are the spaces where our white counterparts are not welcome? Because right. even if we have a space for ourselves, either they're going to feel welcome in there or they're just not going to even register it because it's not, it may, you know, they may feel like it's beneath them or whatever. It's not their kind of place. Right. And that's the mass. Everyone is not that way. But I do agree with you. That's the mass majority of them. And that's also because there is a disconnect between white gay um, society and the minority gay society, especially the black. And that also has to do a lot with the betrayals in social media. When I see like white gay men on TV or in social media, they're pretty um, usually pretty well respected. They usually have a pretty professional um type of job they're usually very wealthy or kind of like um well off and a lot of times in the black uh, portrayal it's kind of a mockery of like black gayness because it's kind of like always in a comedic form or it's always sort of over the top um you know sexualized or some some something like that and i, I don't see that being the same for them um i would say it is but i think the difference is that there's more overall acceptance on their side because i think the gay community as a whole and i'm speaking specifically about the men is over sexualized in its representation and 
overdramatic and it's always like a caricature. Like you, you right. really don't get to see in mainstream media. I mean, you really don't get to see a lot of different representations mm-hmm. of gay men's life and their lifestyle. So, and I think that's just a kind of sidetrack, just a smidge. But we are talking about representation right now. I think that's another reason why Moonlight was so important because how often do we have big movies like that on that scale where you can see something different? Like, yeah, it was, it had its, its I don't want to say cliches, but because of the setting, it represented a lot of things in the beginning that people might already attribute to black gay culture or just black culture in general. But to see a black man that is so completely different than what people perceive a gay man to be, to live the way that he lived and to have such deep feeling, because we also don't, you know, usually our lifestyle is portrayed as being very vapid, like people don't have emotional connections to anyone. Man, I don't think that's any different than any other communities. Like you got fake people, you got real people. You got right people who value emotional connections and you have people that value social connections. Not saying either one is is good or bad, but it is what it is. We have to be honest about it. That's but true. I would definitely say that I don't think it's so much as a different representation of us as it is than white gay men as much as it's 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 Acceptable. received differently right. that's true you that know what i mean true. because for us the lens is already cracked because we're not white so exactly. it could be the exact same thing white gays could be doing the exact same thing and they do like you know whenever if you see white gays like reality shows and stuff like that they're not doing anything different than the black ones that's true but it looks different because the skin is different and it's perceived differently and i think that's just because society it's woven into society that white is already innocent and angelic so a white gay man could be doing the exact same thing that a black gay man is doing and they're going to people are automatically conditioned to look for the reasoning behind what he's doing versus someone that's black or brown is automatically like, OK, they're lower class, they're quote unquote ghetto or whatever right. the case may be for doing the exact same thing Two black gays fighting is ghetto. It's this, that and the other two white gays fighting. And it's like, mm, well, drama, <laughs> right? You it's know, just drama. I- I completely agree with you, especially with the um, the reference of Moonlight. I was just about to say, one thing I loved about Moonlight was the story. It didn't matter if they were black or not. I felt like I related to that story more than what I see on TV when it comes to um, gay culture. I never watched one episode of, uh, I hope nobody gets offended by this, but I never watched one episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm just not into it. You know what I mean? And I I think it's great. Like, honestly, my dad watches that show. He thinks it's amazing to see um, this artistic, you know, transformation. But I'm just not into it. But the fact that that story that I watched in Moonlight, I had such a, um, I felt like I connected to that so strongly. And that I I really liked that they depicted that, whether they were black or not. But the fact that it was black, 
back and obviously it was a well-recognized film i think people obviously um people in power of mainstream media they're starting to lose control of the fact that we're not going to be resistant to you know this change we don't want to see the same thing over and over of us you know i i still hate when i see those memes of um what's the two guys from um and living color it's like okay that was funny back then you know like hated it like okay we get it that's not even funny anymore mm, so i would mm, i like this conversation <laughs> First I, I don't all. think it's funny when things become a mockery if we're using that language within each other it's funny it's okay but when i see other people you know that are not gay using it i don't know i just get offended by it so it's not funny to me at all yeah. so getting back to this article it says that the study was conducted by a gay dating dating app Chappie in collaboration with the BAME LGBT charity, an organization that strives to empower black, Asian, and minority ethnic queer people of color in the UK. It goes on to say that what's more, more than a third, which is 35% is what they're reporting, of the gay BAME men asked as part of this survey said that they feel they have been racially discriminated against. And so this was interesting to me because it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about how or where would our white counterparts experience this discrimination? Because when you racially divide what you're saying in the beginning, and we know they're specifically talking about non-white gay men, but then they're bringing up discrimination. And it's like, okay, but in what instance would a white gay man be experiencing racial discrimination like on a on a grand scale i'm not saying maybe there is some white gay person who i don't know tried to do something and there was some ethnic minority that was like this is not for you and maybe they were nice about it maybe they weren't nice about it i'm not saying that it's not a possibility but what i am saying is on a larger scale you usually don't see that because we're the ones who are fighting to have our spaces you know we're the ones who have little to begin with and a lot of them are closing but you know there are white gay clubs everywhere and a lot of ethnic minority people black asian and the like we don't feel comfortable in those spaces and yeah. it's easy to be racially discriminated against when we have to go into a space where the white gays are the my or the majority and we're in the minority. It's easy and it's almost sometimes I would say accepted in those spaces. Like, oh, it's not a big deal, like, oh, we're all cis. And it's like, no, if you are racially discriminating against me or being racist in some way that it's not we're not all just cis you know what i'm saying right and i i see that more being more common so i'm all i'm curious about this because you you i would like let me say it like this i would like to see the opposite study what do (laughs) what do our white counterparts say do they have a large enough population within their community that feels like they get discriminated against by the ethnic minority 
because yeah, then maybe this one. you get what i'm saying because maybe then mm-hmm. that would mm-hmm. kind of balance this so i could try to see where they're coming from but it's just like oh well black people feel more discriminated against white people and it's like where are y'all feeling discriminated against <laughs> help me understand like it's more so like we feel discriminated against in these spaces and this is why right um i i, I... I see that even here in like San Francisco, there used to be different nights where it was like Latino night and then hip hop, mostly black night and then white night. But there's majority of the spaces are white now. And even with um, where there's not white spaces, there's like a competition between other minority groups to even have their own places to go. So I, 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 I don't see that being their problem at all. Yep, I agree with that. So it goes on to say that these attitudes aren't isolated online. A significant number of people of color now choose to separate themselves from mainstream gay culture for fear of experiencing the same discrimination and hostility seen online. Furthermore, over a third of BAME gay men surveyed have experienced discrimination that this figure is five times higher than their white counterparts makes for sobering reading and can hopefully help those who aren't aware understand just how endemic this problem is. So again, I want to see it. I want to see what the white counterpart, like what are they saying is racial discrimination against them? Right. I think that's interesting how they use online. I'm assuming they're talking about social like media online dating apps and stuff like that i've yeah. heard people talking about about that um they're the, i feel like they use those more than anybody <laughs> honestly i mean obviously it's more of them especially in in here in in america it's just population wise is a lot more of them, more of them so yeah you know you may go somewhere where a particular app might seem more dominated by one race but then you look at the other apps and it's going to be you're going to look at more apps that are the opposite like but you know what's interesting though about those apps they they shouldn't have the, if that's if this is their study they're going based off what they're seeing they have those options for people to, to decide more specifically what they're looking for yeah so of course i mean that's what they that's what they're saying they don't want and they're just being a little more blunt about it um, I think, on those apps I, yeah and I was just about to say that because for, I think we can all admit that with gay men the the sense of entitlement about how we can treat people when it comes to romantic or sexual dealings mm-hmm. because people I've seen a lot of examples where gay men act a lot differently in person than they would on the app like i know a lot of people can probably relate to trying to connect with somebody on the app and they treat you one way they talk to you crazy or they block you they don't have nothing to say and you're like damn all i said was hi and then in some 
strange fate you meet them in person and they the sweetest thing they don't treat you no kind of way and it's like okay but on the app you and then you read their profile and it's like you motherfuckers this and y'all broke hoes and da 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 and i don't do this and if it ain't about money it ain't and then you meet them in person and they like a, a librarian and you're like why <laughs> you know what I'm saying? it's like why are we why do we represent ourselves so differently like why do we feel like when there's some kind of romantic or sexual connotation go along with our actions that we have to for lack of a better term turn up you know what i mean i I wonder about that so i definitely think that a lot of this probably and because chappy is a a dating app so you're definitely right about that i think a lot of this is probably talking about dating situations in which case it makes even more sense and it makes even less sense talk to talk to even mention white counterparts when we're talking about more than likely racial discrimination on dating apps. Because when I get on Twitter and when I get on whatever other stuff on Instagram or whatever, and I see screenshots of these wild conversations that are going on, it's nobody talking crazy to white men. It's usually a, some white man or white young person with no respect, just talking real reckless to someone of color. And that's very true. Me personally, and everyone who knows me, I don't do very well on those. I've never met anyone on those apps and and, and then met them in person. I just kind of went on there to see what's going on. And I saw this dude, he inboxed me and he was white or something else. And I was just like, oh, I'm not really, uh, you know, looking for anything like that. Thank you, though. I appreciate the comments, compliments. And he just was like, that's why I hate black dudes, because you guys are just like this. And I was like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I think it, it does make a lot of sense that there may be that more black, more asian more latinx men are starting to choose to stay away from apps like grinder or jacked which honestly we could all stay away from jack because i don't know what's going on in the jack headquarters and why their app is so faulty but i would love to see them get it together because back in the anyway we don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I can see like, more instances. Enlighten me. Educate me. I mean, I could just see in more instances people being like, you know. And I think also what would be an important factor and maybe you have to read through the entire report to see is I would like to know how the actual geographic location factors into it. Like, is it that much different if you are living somewhere and your GPS is picking up on more people that look like you versus if you live somewhere where it's just more so white men? You get what I'm saying? Like, the, for me, I can speak for myself. Like, I, it would be the difference between when I lived in Houston and where I lived in Houston, it was mostly black guys around versus okay. here where i live in seattle and it's mostly white men around so um, you know what i'm saying so what's the difference in that dynamic as far as reporting that racial discrimination 
and is that where our white counterparts feel like they have a leg to stand on? Because again, I just, I don't see it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but when we're talking about crimes being reported, it would have to be happening enough to enough different people to where they would make their voices loud enough that someone would say, okay, what's going on? Why are white men feeling this racial discrimination on these dating apps? And I just don't see that. Like it's more yeah, of them. It's more of them, and there are more of them that don't want anything other than someone that looks like them than they care to admit, and that's why they don't have those issues because they're not even looking at other people. And then, in instances like what you brought up, then you have someone that doesn't really appreciate people of other races. They just look at you as fodder, whether you know for <clears throat> their sexual appetite. Yeah. You know, and so that in itself is a form of racial discrimination. Someone is like, okay, well, you're not giving me what I want. So you trash and everybody that looks like you trash, you stupid black monkeys and all that kind of stuff. And it's like all of this because I'm just here checking out the scene because I don't immediately want to meet up and show my penis to the first white man that inboxes me. Like, that's a little extreme. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm very curious about that, to be quite honest. I'm interested to know um, what other information they use before writing this article, because I don't think it's fair to base this off of social media alone. Yeah. Well, um, it. so I'm glad you said that, because it goes on to say that the research held focus groups to talk to men in the community and all non-white participants said that they had been subjected to racism within the LGBT community, with some saying that their experience was appallingly confrontational. So, again, it's hard to tell from this brief write up, but it sounds like maybe they they just kind of reached out to the community and it was the actual study was sponsored by the dating app. But Mm -hmm. again, but the thing about it is also we have to realize that online interaction is still real life. Like I think it is different. I mean, excuse me. I think it is important to highlight the differences between, okay, these are online experiences versus these in-person experiences but I think it is still very, very important to highlight the online experiences. And it may even be a little, I won't say more important, but I, it's very special because we know that behind a device, behind an internet connection, people's true colors often show. Right. And it's very important that we are putting a spotlight on this poor behavior online because it's like Joe Schmo he can get away with with whatever in his life because he may know how not to represent himself that way quote unquote in person but then he can get online and have a a, a chest down picture and he he'll be the one with no rice no spice in his profile on grinder you know what i'm saying so i think that is very important to highlight the online aspect of it but at the same time i i agree with you i think it is important to kind of but i also think it's kind of a uh my brain is sorry my mind is moving in a mile 100 miles no, a this, minute this whole thing it brings up a lot of areas like as you're talking you're bringing you're reminding me of other areas as well it's like i think actually now that that you were going into it i think 
I think it was actually healthy for the community to to have this kind of conversation because we're so used to these dating apps and stuff. People don't talk about the um, you know the racial issues. It's not brought up as as loudly. Yeah. So I, I'm glad that they recognize it. But I also feel, me personally, I have personal experiences with, um, <clears throat> you know, the portrayal of, of black gay men, not from other gay men, but from our own culture. So I think that should be also something they should consider as well when writing this um, story. Um, we face a lot of uh, discrimination from our own people. So I can see how that title, when I first read that title, I, I thought about black men that don't want to be discriminated by, gay black men that don't want to be discriminated by other black people. Mm, yeah, I, I think that... Not that that summarizes it all, but that's one of the things that came to my head. No, no, I, I, I understand, but I would say that that kind of thing... I would not want to see that rolled up into this no, study personally. I feel like not. that is such a deep issue that it yes. deserves to have its own very long study from, you know, let's say specifically black from black, black people exactly. of all For different sure. walks of life because that is For such sure. a deep rooted issue in our community. But I definitely can see how you would feel that that would at least kind of um, be a factor that these guys that were included in the study might have in their mind, but it seems but like it wasn't voiced. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we don't know if it was voiced because again, the the study that they did was looking for something specific. True. Versus, kind of, it's not. It wasn't like an open thing where they're they're accepting all input. It was we're looking at this specific thing about discrimination. Yeah. And so, but it does, like I said, it does look like a lot of this is tied to dating. And I think that's also interesting, too, because I think it is true to a degree that in our community, a lot of people are not racist until something sexual or romantic is involved. Like, you think about how many instances where it's like, you know, white gays they they have no problem with anyone and then it is not until they start dating it's like okay well i don't date black guys and everybody's like Girl? you know what i mean like you don't even you don't even know these things about them because it doesn't manifest in their everyday life because it's not it's just not how they conduct themselves but it's not until we start talking about getting in the bedroom and whether we go directly to the bedroom or whether we stop and have dinner and a movie first, we're still ultimately leading back to the bedroom. That's when things change. And I would love to see something dive deeper into that as well. Since we're talking about studies we would like to see, I would love to see what white men are saying or not even just white men, what all men, because I don't think it's just white men. Like, because we can do on the flip side, there's a lot of black men that they don't get you know discriminatory towards their own race until we start talking about the bedroom and then that's when the i only date white guys crowd shines right. you get what i'm saying so i would yeah. i would say all races and just deep dive deeper like the ones that say well i don't you know i don't have any issues with these with anybody but when it comes to the bedroom it has to be this way like what's What's leading you here? Like, why do you feel that way? I would love right. to see more on that. 
But so just to I wrap what this the up, questions look like too, though, because that's true. Um, I wonder how general or how specific it sounds like they are very specific. Yeah. I can't just see people, gay people in general, going into a survey and being so negative. Like, I just can't see it. Well, the re- and that's what I'll say. So it goes on to say dating can be intimidating. And that's Sam Dumas, the head of brand of Chappie. It says, it is Chappie's responsibility to create an environment that is safe and fun, not rude and abusive. The Don't Be a Dick campaign is a call to arms, not just to the gay community, but the dating community as a whole. Chappie wants to mobilize positivity and respect to create a space that is respectful to everyone. Blah, blah, blah. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. So obviously the write-up turned into a Chappie promotion. But to your point, I would say that I don't think it's odd at all that gay men would be so negative because it sounds like, as you said, this is very pointed and it's pointed at dating. And I don't think it's unfair to say that enough men of color have had negative dating experiences and interactions that when you start talking about dating, immediately the negative stuff comes up, the game plan and all of the stuff that they've whatever interactions that they've had whatever experiences that they've had so i don't think it's odd Mm. but it does make you wonder as you said how were they framing this to the point where only the positive i mean sorry only the negative came out like was it saying we're specifically asking about whether you've experienced discrimination or was it a general as you said tell us about your dating experiences and it turned into well you know i've had more instances where a white man has said something out of pocket to me than i've had positive experiences altogether so it does make you wonder how did y'all frame this but i would say that i think that studies like this are a step in the right direction and i think that the dating apps conducting these studies themselves it's also very important, but at the same time, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because yeah. then immediately, like I said, it starts getting into, we promote a, an environment of tolerance and everyone is love and it doesn't matter what color you are, you're going to get the same amount of attention and love as everyone else. And, you know, they start getting into this this fairy tale land of what their app is. And it's like, that might be your mission, but that's not reality. Right, And it's easy for them to start promoting themselves and uh, like that when they conduct a study versus someone else conducting the study and maybe being a little bit more neutral and being like, okay, well, you say that it's a, a safe environment for gay men of all colors, but that's not the truth. And maybe you need to be a little bit more careful in your language and tr- instead of saying that what chappy is what grinder is what jacked is maybe be very very conscious of saying this is what we're working towards because right. you, you can't say that chappy is a place uh that is safe and fun and da 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 and then conduct this study where people are saying yeah i've been racially discriminated on the app like you know what i'm saying exactly. it just it it's... looks a little funny in the light does it not no i mean after the way that you just explained it, it seems like a huge um, marketing strategy. Yeah, like, yeah. That's I w- why yeah. I didn't like the word fear. It's like, okay, 
there's nowhere for you gay men to go into public and have these interactions. So clearly you guys are going online. But because you're fearful of the rejection, come to come to our app <laughs> and you'll have a safe experience. Well, which, <laughs> I wasn't trying to say that in so many words, but no, yes. but that's how I, that's how I got it. No, that was definitely in my mind. That was definitely in my mind while I was breaking that down. So I shout out to you. (laughs) I I would, I would like to see more of that promotion going on in real, um, real life. You know, I'm not a social media. I'm not a, I'm not really a dating app person. So I would like to see that in, um, in a real place, like promote that behavior, that attitude. I would love that. I would love to go there and support it. Kind of like if you go into a, a gay bar or a gay club, yeah, they exactly. have like a rules of engagement type thing posted everywhere. That would be so dope. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And there might be a, a handful of places that do that, but we're talking about, you know, grand scale type things as far as this conversation is going. But I think that this was interesting and it definitely sparked an interesting conversation between us. I wasn't sure what direction we were going to go in, but I thought it was very informative. We learned, we, we, you know, had a little debate back and forth and saw different perspectives. So I think the conversation was very, I think the, I enjoyed it too. And I thought the conversation was very appropriate because this is just goes to show that we don't all have the same ideas and opinions and, and experiences. And um, again, going back to what I said earlier, I feel like the best way to educate people about anything is just having a conversation about it with no judgment. Because I, I learned from your perspective and I learned from your own personal um, take about how you, um, you know, comprehended this information. So that's that's what we need in our community, yeah, especially in the black community so i appreciate you taking the time out with me as well and i appreciate you for being on the show so with that being said where can people find you oh uh, yeah so i can be found on instagram at davidmichaelofficial.com um i'm sorry that's my website <laughs> it's davidmichaelofficial.com and then you can also find me on instagram at davidmichaelofficial all right folks check them out so that's that on that another show in the books real quick before we get out of here chime in if you have thoughts on what you've heard sound off use the hashtag gay side pod when you're live tweeting or posting about the show as a brief reminder you can listen to this show on anchor spotify apple podcast iHeartRadio, countless others or whatever your favorite podcast app is Send in any gay side mail to gaysidestories at gmail.com. And that can be letters, compliments, show topic ideas, stories, pitches for being on the show. If you want me to be on your show, send all of that stuff to gaysidestories at gmail.com. Take a moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star rating. And if you really love what I'm doing here, write a review. That's how people find us. And despite how Apple treats that podcast app, it is still the biggest hub for podcasts. And we want to be seen with all that being said. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, make sure you're sharing this podcast with others. I appreciate the likes, but reposting and resharing could potentially turn into a new listener. 
Remember, you can also find me on Ratchet Ramblings with Jeremy and Candace discussing black reality TV shows and being probably offensive, but it's all in good fun. Lastly, I say this all the time and I mean it. Love yourself and whether you're top, bottom, verse, however you identify, protect your walls or they will crumble. You do not want to be out here with walls like ancient ruins. And I'm out. See you guys when I see you.